0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
4: Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, The Debrief, a conversation on Lincoln City 2, Northampton Town 1. I'm Tom Reed, and today we're joined by Cobblers writer turned comms guru, James Averill, Wallach regulars Martin Maloney and Brendan Walsh. And very pleased to be joined by Mark Wiley again, Lincoln City reporter for the Lincolnshire Echo.
3: Let's go to you first, Mark. Lincoln left it late, but got the job done against a spirited cobbler side. Uh, yeah, it was a really hard-fought win in the end uh, for Lincoln. I mean, I didn't think it would be as easy as it, it was just before Christmas at Sixfields. And, and that's how it turned out, really. Um, I think Lincoln just wore Northampton out in the end. I mean, they weren't at the best, but they're just pretty relentless, this team. They just keep coming at you. Um, they score a lot of late goals, they are incredibly fit. Fuller pace. And I I just felt that goal was going to come in the end. Um, They left it late, um, but, you know, two uh, well-worked goals, but, you know, they have to work hard for it. And if they're going to stay up there, they're going to have to grind out a lot more wins like this against the likes of Northampton.
4: Definitely. Did you think that Michael Appleton was a little shocked at how Northampton set up the back four instead of back five and uh, just our general sort of work ethic in that first half?
3: Yeah, I don't think he was surprised by the work ethic. But he, what well, he did say after the game, he was a bit surprised that they set up with a back four. I think that caught them out a little bit. And in the first 20 minutes, it was um, it was almost cool. one-way traffic for a period. Northampton started really brightly and tried to pin Lincoln back as much as possible. Um, but Lincoln did a, a tactical tweak. They sort of moved George Grant slightly further forward in midfield. Um, and, and, and that kind of helped things. And Lincoln did end the first half uh, better and, and probably had the better chances of the first half. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Michael was very keen to stress before the game that Northampton were going to be a completely different kettle of fish than what we saw a month ago, uh, and he was proved absolutely right. Um, I mean, he, th- he thinks Lincoln were well worth the victory in the end, particularly with the second half performance. He was very happy with how Lincoln played in the second half. But, yeah, as we say, they have to work very hard for it.
4: Yeah, I was very surprised at the the lineup when it was announced. We were talking between ourselves, is that going to be a 4-3-3? I was still quite sceptical because Keith Cowley is very wedded to the wing-back system. And when it, you know, the players emerged and we were on a back four, playing a 4-3-3, total football style from Holland in the 70s, I was like really amazed. Um, let's go to you, James. It was a bit of a bittersweet one, wasn't it? With a transformation in the playing style, but ultimately a defeat.
2: Yeah, and it seems strange to kind of be happier after a game when you've finally dropped into the relegation zone. Because yeah. there was a lot to, a lot of positives to take from that performance. Um, mostly the first half, like Mark said, where I thought we were we were the better side. The first twenty-five minutes was as good a performance as I've seen from us in a while. I know, I think you could probably say the first half at Burton was our best kind of forty-five minutes of the season. But the quality difference between Burton and Lincoln uh, was substantial. So for us to to not just go toe-to-toe with them, but actually I, I think be the better side in the first half was, was very good. I thought Williams and Morris in midfield uh, were dictating things, winning the ball back. Like you say, that high press was working really well. Uh, We just didn't look quite like creating anything, but it was really good kind of quick, crisp passing, which uh, is a world away from the kind of football we've been seeing recently. Unfortunately, I think Miller coming off really hampered us and, uh, I think, as you alluded to, we, we put everything out there in the first 45 minutes and I think it, it did show in, in the second half performance. I don't think we were bad in the second half, but Lincoln were the better side and in the end, the, the quality told. Sure, I've got
4: a feeling that we kind of punched ourselves out in the first half. So with that, that high press, really strong work ethic, really in-your-face performance. Rent played for quite a while in terms of post-games and postponed games and stuff. So I think maybe... Lack of sharpness caught up with us in the second half. But Martin, I think James is right in talking about a, like I said, a bittersweet performance. One where we were impressed with the change in style, but down in the mouth a little bit about the defeat overall. Yeah,
1: I think probably the way the way I'd look at it, if we'd if that had been the same game as the Sunderland game a couple of weeks ago, which was a really turgid nil nil draw where we battled hard, didn't really show anything different. I think I'd rather lose two one and think, oh, you know, we've some of the additions have made a, a real difference to the, the vibe of the side. You know, there's there's some confidence out there. Um, and I I was thrilled with it. You know, losing two one, okay, that's not so good. And absolutely, Tom, you're right. I think they threw everything at Lincoln and I think both the goals, Lincoln just kept doing the good stuff that they do and got got their rewards as we tired, although as we were tired. We probably had our, be, our best moments, even though we had much more in the first half, our best moments were probably in the last 25 minutes, you know, with the, the penalty shout, the kind of fluff in front in front of goal, um, Hoskins hitting the post, etc. As, as well as the goal. So I think there's a huge amount there to work with. And I think one thing, I mean, Tom, you're much more wedded to discussing systems than than yeah. I am. I, I'd say the heart was absolutely, absolutely there, the vibe. But I think something interesting with the system was that it was asymmetrical. We think of everything as, as either wing backs, four three three, four four two, very traditional. But I think effectively we played Harriman as a fullback and we play and we played Mills as a, as a wing back. He was much much further up the pitch, and certainly so, yeah. thought so, you know Lincoln. I completely agree with that. Yeah, Lincoln seemed to target that half, but it was almost like we were happy to say right because of what we want to do. We know we're going to leave a couple of gaps, but it's almost like the manager, of the players have got the confidence that actually th- this is worth doing, rather than be really conservative and invite, you know, invite the opposition onto you. That for me feels a sea change. You know, some of the painful discussions we've had after games. Um, and I think um James James's point, you know, the forty five first forty five minutes against um against Burton, when well, a whole game against Burton was a really good performance against a really bad team or a team. I mean, they went on, I think quite a decent run after it, but it um they did not play well at all. Lincoln, obviously I've got a soft spot for Lincoln because me, me nephews in the under 16s there, you know, really, really good side, got an identity way of playing. I know Appleton, a bit like curl was in our championship year was one of our sort of bait noirs because some of the comments he made as Oxford manager, I think yep. he's a great manager. And I think, you know they're a really progressive side. They've got a good way of playing. They're relatively young. I think Grant. I oh know I mentioned that. I absolutely love. Um, I never know if it's George or Jorge Grant, but George. It is George. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just sounds more exotic than Jorge. <laughs> I,
3: I bet he wish he'd just been called George the normal way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's no. uh, it's Jorge if you're in Spain and if you're in Lincoln, it's George. Yeah, if you, if yeah you're, Jorge, Jorge sounds more exotic. Let's go with that.
1: <laughs> well, being as I was mistaken for having played in the Spanish lower leagues on our, on our Friday night lines, I'll stick with Jorge. <laughs> but no, overall, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled what I saw yesterday. I thought the new guys all made a difference. I think Morris. I mean, I I sort of grumbled a bit in saying, well, you know, if we just signed a player that's similar to what we've already got in midfield. And we sort of did, but he's just a lot better. And I'm like, well, if, if you go with that, you know, Williams was a bit further forward as well. I think, you know, we look pretty good in that in that position. We've looked woeful through the middle with we, with three at the back. You know, I mean, Lincoln murdered us, MK yep. murdered us, yep. going through the middle, two at the back. And I think Lloyd-Jones has been a really good, a sneakily good signing as well. Two of them, him and um, Bolger at the back looked like a proper pair of centre halves, and you know gave away a few fouls, but we didn't get
4: cut open in the way that we have where I think people haven't really known who to track. I think so we I have guess. to I think we have to temper it a little bit with the fact that we are in the relegation zone. So although we, we can get a little slightly a bit, you know, enthusiastic about the way things have changed for, you know, 45 minutes in reality, um, it's there's still it's still sort of some way to go to see if he's even going to keep this sort of change in style. Let's go to um you, Brendan, you know you're a positive, very positive Cobblers fan. Hmm. You you were quite pleased, weren't you, when it was a 3 four three three? Yeah, I, that's you know I
0: think most teams I'd, I'd say that's the best way to play underneath the the Premier League because you can obviously go to to five in the middle um, and and try and stop the game without yeah. possession and then going forward if you've got the right width. Um, the only problem we, we find is uh, I I. I really liked the midfield yesterday. I think that was the, the most pleasing element of the first 45 minutes. And and even really, when we when we came out of the second half, we weren't at it as much as we were in the first half. But, you know, like you said, we weren't getting cut open. We weren't giving glaring chances away. I, I think the midfield was the most pleasing element. And if, if Burton was the best 45 minutes or best we've played all season, this was definitely the best I've seen from the midfield. Um, and that come from an extra man in midfield in that 4 3 But then, I just think we struggle to really create anything guilt-edge and have a foothold in, in the opposition final third if we don't have two men up front. I thought Sowerby yeah. tried to get beyond Edmondson quite quite a lot in the first half. And to be fair to Edmondson, he won a lot of headers. It was like like watching Bedane last year, but there just wasn't enough bodies forward um, to capitalise off that and, and, and really build. It looked like we were you know doing that um, and then playing for set pieces and stuff, which I have no problem with away to Lincoln. But um, it'll be interesting, like you said, it'll be interesting to see if he if he stays with that system now going forward or if he sees, a you know, a team maybe at the other end of the table and he goes, I'm going to put two up top and go three at the back. That's that's. Yeah. To be honest, I'd rather see that four, three, three and try and play a bit of football against against anyone. Now, I, I thought it was a, a marked improvement from uh, from the 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 really poor one of the worst performances of the season against Lincoln at home. Um
4: I think that, that's but... a, a good point about the 4-3-3. I, I still feel that yeah. Sowerby is flattering to deceive a little bit for me in midfield. Yeah. And I, I actually I actually reckon, you know, I don't... I don't, 4-3-3 it was a real lovely surprise and it worked quite well, pretty well for most of the game. But I still reckon something like a 4-2-3-1, slightly yeah. better fit with someone like Watson as a central attacking midfielder and, you know, maybe Sowerby on the bench. I do yeah, feel my... that, yeah...
0: I think my, my only point, I do like Sauerby and he, he can play a pass, but um I just, I, I don't know where his best position is in the midfield because yeah. I think he wants to play further forward than, than what his attributes lend himself to, if that makes sense. I think he, as a player, technique wise, ability wise, he looks like he should be sat further back, but maybe in his head, he wants to get further forward. And I just, I don't think he's got the, the pace or the agility or. Or, or the the skill, like dribbling-wise, to play a little bit further forward. So the the only other th- issue I saw yesterday was M- Miller looked really good his first half hour. Corboa, he's so low on confidence when he came on. I was like, he's got an hour here to really have a go. There's a couple of times he got one-on-one with his man or, or, or had some room to run, and he just wasn't taking things on. And he was a player that we thought would do that for us and that we so desperately need at the moment. But then I also yep. thought Hoskins, you know, I don't know where his best position is still after five years, and it, I know he, he splits opinions sometimes, but I think he can get lost a little bit out wide, and, and he didn't really show his best game yesterday. I still like him personally in behind a striker or something. So maybe that four two three one, like you said, and him in that cam roll could work really well. But I, you know, having sour Beam, Williams, and Morris, who I keep calling Willis for some reason, but Morris. <laughs> they they were brilliant in midfield and and it's the most I've seen us being able to get on the ball, win the ball back and, and recycle possession and, and, you know, have a foothold in the game, probably all season, because even the games where we've won and we've scored goals like, like Burton and another, and the other six wins we've had all season, um, uh, we, you know, it was still pretty smash and grab and, and, and set pieces and, and doing a lot with less possession. And there was points yesterday where we, yeah. where we had more possession So yeah, I, you're right to say we're still in the relegation zone, and we've got to temper it with that. But it's not—I'm not as you know. I've woken up today not as in dread. You know, when when we lost four 0 just the other side of Christmas, I was like, the end of the season is going to be really long. And tomorrow, uh, yesterday, even sorry, um, if we play, you know, Mark said it—if we play like that more often, I think we should be okay. And there's no, there's absolutely no shame in losing two nil, two one away to Lincoln who I think are you know top three teams in the league for me it's Portsmouth Hull and Lincoln so um, yeah there's a lot to be positive about and because of all the the fixture stuff we've got a game in hand so um, it's still in our hands Uh, I think Fleetwood have lost like haven't I've only won one game in 12 we've got them on Tuesday yes it's away but still and then Wigan on Saturday so these two games now I'm, I'm kind of you know excited going into them now because we've shown we can do that against Lincoln. Let's go take on some teams down our end of the table or out of form. You know, we need to be targeted minimum four points from those two games. I think
2: that's still the key to this season, isn't it? Beating the teams in and around us, that's not changed, but it was just so positive to see us have a go against the top team. Whereas we've just surrendered in the previous games against Mm. teams in the top six. So, you know, that's, that's the key. It's just beating the teams around us. And if we play like we did yesterday against the good side, we will beat teams around us. Mm. Yeah. I just think that for me the the intent
4: and trying to play a little bit of football was was just so pleasing. And it does make you wonder what the hell has gone on before in the previous months with some mm. of the football we've been playing. Like we can clearly play football. Um they, they've done pretty much everything I've asked. So I, I can't I can't grumble. Like I said the central midfield on uh, you know, various shows we've talked about was a weak area, and he brought in Bryn Morris who had a bit of class about him, I thought. You know, I said that we we sort of can't carry the ball that well, and Mikel Miller, Miller was brought in. I thought it was excellent, and the playing style. You know, he went to 4-3-3, which worked pretty much in the main, and it was really nice that it drew praise. So you know, Mark said that we played quite quite well, and I know the Lincoln fans were quite complimentary. I guess that's quite easy when we when we lose and stuff, but it's just it, it's just if we're going to go down, let's go down fighting and playing football, you know. And if if we're not good enough, we're not good enough. But Just go down with a bit of like sporting pride, and you know I just really hope that Keith Cole doesn't go. Oh, you know we tried a little bit of football, but it didn't work, and then reverts back to the five in the next next couple of games. So I think that's going to really going to be key, you know, just to see what happens with Cole and if he keeps a bit of bravery and a bit of um, sort of composure in in his in his choices. But we'll see, I guess, on that one. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of our readers' comments on the game. Uh, we've had quite a few, but I'll read a couple out. Um, Steve Spring on Twitter said, um, first half, we looked good on the ball without creating much. Second half, sank back into a long ball and uh, sitting back, but still an improvement in performance. The next two games are important. Keith Buckby said, uh, we could claim Keith Cole had no choice previously due to players and the new three made the difference, not Edmondson. So two for me, but they're pretty much all these players and the other eight stepped up, to, stepped up too. It's a very welcome and overdue positive approach. Uh, was a gibraltar cobbler said um, so much better and there's a lot more hope from me that's for sure um james seals tweeted us first half we look better particularly in possession with the new additions didn't like look like conceding or scoring second half not so good not sure what keith carroll said again at halftime as levels dropped although lincoln were always going to be better after Appleton spoke to them um, neil humpage mm-hmm. said a big improvement for sure so will be going off was a blow Thought he was having one of his best games since joining us and felt like having three in the middle gave us a platform to play higher up the pitch. Ran out of steam in the end. And as Lincoln took control, great goal by Rose. Um, let's go back to you, Mark. What, who impressed you for
3: Lincoln? It's obviously a cobbler-centric show, but let's have a little bit talk about Lincoln. Who impressed for you on the day? Well, I gave my man of the match to Tayo Eden at left back. Um, yeah. he, he, set, he set up the uh, first goal. Former Grandals, and he was just um, bombing forward at every opportunity. I think both fullbacks are very good. I mean, Appleton wants his fullbacks to play almost like wingers at times. He wants them to take risks, uh, you know. And the way Eden was getting forward to support the, the attacks, foot to support the counter attacks, he was the furthest player forward at times. And he, he had a bit of a shaky start to the season. Um, he was in midfield, lost his place, but the last couple of months he's kind of settled in at left back. Appleton wanted someone to step forward at left back and sort of make that position their own and Eden's been the man to do that so over the last couple of months he's probably been the most improved player in the squad Um, I thought Tom Hoff had another good game just he's a bit of an unsung hero really holds the ball up really well he's not a prolific striker but he does um, set up a few goals he he was very unselfish for the second goal for Scully Um, uh, I don't think he perhaps gets enough, enough praise a lot of the time and, um, yeah, I, th- I think the two centre-backs were fairly strong as well because, I mean, they were given a, a tough game by Edmondson. who I, I think is going to be a-, a decent player for you. I mean, Appleton highlighted his threat before the game. I did wonder if Lincoln might have a, a sniff around him themselves in January because Appleton's got a really good relationship with Leeds. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone was particularly massively outstanding. But generally with this Lincoln team, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they are not really reliant on one player. I mean, George Grant's probably been the player of the season and, and Brennan Johnson's got a lot of plaudits as well. But they they tend to cope very well in the absence of any key players that they're missing. So uh yeah, it was a it, it was a, a fairly good all-round performance, I would probably describe it as
0: Brennan Johnson was the was the player when, when we were at Sixfields in December that I just thought, wow, like he was at a, a different level and he was he. I, I, even as a Cobbler's fan, I was kind of glad he got his goal at the end. I was just like, what a, what a performance. I'd seen that kind of player down at this level and thought he played a little bit deeper yesterday. He wasn't as, as far advanced, but I thought he was he was quality when I seen him at Sixfields. So, where not he on loan? Is he on loan? From
3: he's on loan from Forrest and it's just been confirmed that he's going to be staying for the rest of the season. So I think Lincoln fans have been worried whether Forrest would try and recall him because you'd have to say, given their position, he, he'd have a good chance of getting into Forest team at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I think Chris Hutton likes experienced players. Um, so he, he's allowed him to stay put. I mean, there's no chance Lincoln will sign him permanently. He'll be, I'm sure he's part of Forest's long-term plans. But they've got him for the rest of the season. And uh, I think that's a massive boost. And yeah, it was a bit of a different role for him yesterday. Normally he plays he's played as a central striker or, or down one of the flanks recently. But he was just in behind Tom Hopper. I think they just wanted to um, get as much pace into the side as possible and try and sort of unsettle the centre backs. I mean, Boulder, who actually I thought had a really good game, um, can, has, from what I've seen, of him at Lincoln, can be a bit susceptible to pace. Um, yeah. and, and Lincoln tried to take advantage of that. But um, yeah, so uh, but I, I, I don't think that approach quite played out as, as Appleton intended in the end they had to work a little bit harder to find a way through but, but yeah just going back to how Northampton set up I think they set up in just the right way I mean if they tried to just get men behind the ball and uh just stop Lincoln I think Lincoln would have found a way through eventually so in trying to take the game for Lincoln I think I think was the, the best best approach and, and it almost paid off. I think sure. something that I,
1: I thought about about Lincoln is having seen us get promoted a few times over the years, your best sides at whatever level, they find a way of getting it done when, you know, you've generally got better players than the other teams while you go up. But the ones that are successful tend to find a way to get things done. And I think just the fact that no one was particularly outstanding for Lincoln, they stuck to their principles, stuck to their way of doing it. And they've got the quality, you know, to, to get those goals. Um, I think that but that bodes well, you know, as you go as you go through the season, and you know, you, you see which sides are fragile and maybe pressure gets them, and which ones kind of nil nil, you know, twenty minutes to go. I just think, no, no, we're going to keep doing what we do and and get the results, and I I think that's a really good attribute to have, you know, went under Curl last year went much better for us. We had a very direct style, but there was a resilience to them as well. Under, under Wilder was was similar when we went up. And I, you know, I I thought I saw a bit of that with Lincoln and I'd I'd kind of fancy him at at the clubs around the top. You know, I think Harlan Peterborough are excellent, excellent sides in terms of quality of players they've got. But I think that spirit and that's probably something there's some recent history of at Lincoln that should see Lincoln really good.
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it, really. I mean. They've played some absolutely fantastic football this season, the best I've ever seen from a Lincoln team, and it's widely regarded that you know this is the best Lincoln team since the early 80s when they sort of last flirted with a place in the in the second tier. But, yeah, as you say, they are capable of winning in different ways. They've shown they can grind out victories. I mean, they went to Wimbledon at the start of the year and, and won 2-1 with a late goal. Um, so they're just as capable of, uh, of grinding out a 1-0 or a 2-1 as they are you know, scoring lots of goals and, and playing great football. I think personally that Lincoln are probably two
4: or three years at least ahead of Cobblers in terms of football operations, especially they've got just like uh, layers of quality within the side. Cobblers moving to a 4-3-3 after playing a 3-5-2. I think that Appleton's slightly more um, sort of coherent in his tactics and he, he'll he stick he'll stick to them. He's, he's fluid as well, but he, I just, yeah, they just give me a, a feeling that they're slightly further ahead and. If we can, if we can, you know, follow a few of the processes that Lincoln have done, I think that would stand us in good stead. And I do think they're definitely promotion candidates. Let's talk quickly about the goals. Obviously, two goals for Lincoln, one for Northampton. The first Lincoln goal came on seventy-five minutes. Took quite a long time to come for Imps fans, I should think, and a few of them were probably sweating. Um, from a Cobblers perspective, I'll go to you on this, James. I've, I thought it was slightly a poor goal to concede for Northampton. I watched it again, and it was good patient work down the wing from Grant and Eden. Um, I looked at Harriman. You know, I'm not sure has hit the ground running, particularly in League One, and even Corboa in support, who was defending as well. They both looked slightly at sixes and sevens, and um, it was a pretty easy finish for McGrandles, James, the first goal.
2: Yeah, it, it was a case of just switching off, um, and we, we didn't do it much, to be honest, but we got punished for it when we did. So, yeah, Harriman should have stopped the cross and like you say, Corboa when he came on uh, defensively w- was w- was struggling. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys, what commentary you had on whether you had the Lincoln commentary on or, or the away bit, which was just the, uh, the sound and all you could hear from our players was shouting Ricky's name, um, which I think tells you a, a, a lot about where he is at the moment uh, as a player. I think he started well, but he's clearly lost a lot of confidence, but the cross should have been stopped. And then Lloyd Jones just isn't close enough to to his to his man, and you know it's only it's only kind of half a half a yard or so difference, and he and he stops that goal. Um, I think the disappointing thing is again we had so many players in the box, but they've managed to have kind of like a free shot at goal. So it's just switching off, um, and, and you can talk about formations and, and managers, but Keith Curl can't control if players aren't marking other players, and unfortunately. That's what has cost us that first goal. And as as soon as that went in, you kind of thought it's going to be tough now. I didn't lose hope to the extent where, you know, uh, most of the other games, when it's got to 70 minutes, we're out of the game. I still thought we were playing well enough that we could, you know, potentially get back. So that that remains a positive. But we're still giving away poor goals, I I would say. That said, it it shows if you're patient with your football, like Lincoln are, that, you, you know, keep keep poking, uh, you'll, you'll eventually get that chance. So, you know, that's something that we just need to to learn. But we really need to cut down on individual little mistakes because they are massively costing us at the moment. You could look yeah. at all the goals we concede, or almost all of them are preventable. There's very few like, you know, Danny Rose's goal, where there's, there's not much you can do about a finish like that. You look at the goals we concede and you can always find something that could have been done better defensively.
4: Yeah, I think the patience element is really important. Yeah, I find a lot of t- maybe it's difference in League One and League Two that a lot of the opposition we're coming up against are slightly more patient on the ball than us, and they'll they'll find intuitive ways or sort of ingenious ways to unpick un- our defence. Whereas I think we snatch at chances a little bit, and I noticed that with Sam Hoskins. Although one of them was a weldy, nearly went in, but we just seem yeah. to snap at chances a lot. Um, and in terms of Corbauer, he's he's a attacking midfielder plucked out of non-league, so maybe it's a bit. Strong for us to expect him to be a, a complete defender in support, but yeah, a bit of a weak one to concede. Um, let's go into the real big talking point from Northampton perspective, which is the penalty shout for Sam Hoskins. You know, uh, just to recap, so Hoskins burst into the box, Ashley Seal feeds him, and for me, the Lincoln defender is on the wrong side. And oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll go to you on this one, uh, Martin. What would your take on if that was a penalty or not? Because I see them given. Let's put it that way.
1: I think seeing Given's given is probably the, the, the most at point. I mean, Curl yep. I see, uh, said in his post match comments, he thinks the penalty is the same challenge as um, we'd given one away on the edge of our box. Um, Appleton, pretty much, don't think it was, but seen them given. I'd always go, and I think when we have discussions about VAR and things, what did I think first? What I thought first was we, we fluffed that. I didn't think it was a penalty. And, you look at a couple of replays and probably think, yeah, the pro- it probably is. But I th- think that one look I got at it in real time, probably not giving it would be not, you know, it's one of them. It wouldn't be the world, the most outrageous one ever given, but I'd say soft if we got it. So yeah, would have been nice to get it. Um, would have been nice if we'd have pulled the trigger a bit quicker in that move. But yeah, it's um, yeah, seen them given, but not can't complain if it's not given.
4: Yeah, I just don't think f- a cobbler's fans were particularly irate about it. They were, you know, saying "Oh, that could have been a penalty, but uh, I think you're right in terms of it was slightly soft. Um, what about you, Brendan?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I, in real time, I, I thought it was a pen, but then that was my cobbler's tinted glasses on, I think. Um, I think what the, what annoyed me about it is, like you said, Martin, I, I think the defender, I, I, I don't know who it was, but I think he goes down early because he's expecting to block the shot from Hoskins that's that that Hoskins should have taken he should have just first touch bang but the defender goes down to block that obviously Hoskins takes the touch and so the defender's gone across him he's got a bit of ball but he definitely makes contact and sweeps Hoskins with him so yeah if you replay it and everything I'd probably I'd say that's a penalty but um it just it just shows that uh, Hoskins should have finished it or if if he's sold the defender and he's gone down to ground just take the ball round him or just push it a, a yard to the right and yeah it's just, it's one of those I think it's um it happened a lot a couple of years ago last time we were in league one you get a couple of really questionable decisions from a referee and then at the end of the season you look back and you go you know at the time you're not that that annoyed about that penalty or that red card or something because it's just it is what it is and swings and roundabouts but in seasons where you get relegated if you don't ride those bits of luck and and get the, mm. the bounce of the ball, then it builds and builds and you end up in the league below you. So, and I remember quite a few at the end of end of that season when we got relegated with, with Jimmy and Dean Austin. So I hope we're just not looking at stuff like that. And, you know, there was a penalty decision other week and then we've had a couple of questionable red cards. I don't feel like we've had the same luck and the same bounce of the ball as we've had another season so far. And I just, I hope we're not left to kind of ruin that one because um, it could have so easily been given the other way and then we've got a goal um, and, and something to defend again.
4: Yeah, that is a good point. Small margins in this league, so hopefully it won't come back to bite us. Um, Mark, was it Lincoln hearts in their mouths at that particular
3: moment with the penalty shot? Yeah, I think so. It was one of those where, I mean, it was Liam who slid in and he makes a habit of making those sort of challenges. I don't think he timed it quite right. He got a bit of the ball, but he got a bit of the man as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Hoskins should have got a shot away a bit earlier. Um, I mean, Michael Appleton's take was, he didn't think it was, but his, his thought that while the Northampton bench was appealing quite loudly for it, he didn't think the players were particularly complaining, uh, particularly vociferously. Um, so, yeah, it could have been given, but I also don't think it was like a major miscarriage of justice or anything like that. No,
4: no. I guess if it's at Lincoln, at Sinsel Bank, with all the fans in, and it's a, a penalty shout at Lincoln, is it a different scenario? Possibly, without yeah. Fans, yeah. Uh, yeah, without fans there.
1: Uh, go on, Martin. Yeah, I was, I was like, it's one of those when you give them away, where you criticise players. You think you've given the referee a decision to make. Yeah, which is what he's done. What he's done there, but you know, I've just looked at it again. I'm thinking you can't really not make that challenge because you know Hoskins one on one with the keeper. If you don't, mm. um, so I think yeah, if if it had been given, great. I think it wasn't given. I'm like, yeah, it's it's one of those fifty fifty ish ones, and you know, you probably get as many as you as you don't get.
0: Yeah I think what was interesting obviously yesterday was the first time I've listened to the away team commentary and we've always had BBC Northants or or Steve Phillips god forbid but um, the the uh, co-commentator for Lincoln he was saying that uh, it was one of the chances before where uh, Lincoln got to the byline and Bolger slid in to make a challenge uh, didn't like stop the cross but the, the cross didn't come to anything but as he kind of Came across the player, his arm on the floor, swept the player with him, and he was saying it was a late challenge, and that, and that he should, it should have been a penalty because you know he's brought the man down after he's got rid of the cross, and he kept bringing that point up three or four times, and I was like, he, that's that's just happened in the other box, and it definitely got more of the player uh, before he got the ball and stopped it, and uh, you know that's the only, it was, it was just really interesting to find. I've had a couple of fans seen him online like complain about. Our commentators, and that's the first time I've had to listen to to the uh, to the other team, and and um, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. I, I, do you know what, I would have welcomed Steve Phillips back with open arms because I'd love to hear him screaming at the ref for that one.
4: <laughs> but what have we got if we can't be partisan? Like everyone's going to nah. be partisan. And uh, on that on that note, actually, we did a Twitter poll about the penalty decision, and it returned, you know, basically if it was a penalty or not, and 74.2% said it should have been a penalty. But I should imagine 90. Ninety nine percent were from Northampton, so it's not surprising. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how
1: much we should adjust polls like that for sort of homerism, because I reckon seventy five percent
4: probably feels that's about fifty fifty in real money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was one of those ones where it could have changed the game slightly if it had if it had been given, changed the flow of the games. Often these games have gone the ebb and flow, but didn't happen. And then Lincoln scored their second goal on eighty four minutes just shy of full time. It was, looking back on it, actually, it was a really like devilish ball down the left flank. It was really quite hard to defend, but I still think that Harriman, Bolger and Jones all a bit slow to react to it. I think Bolger thinks that Harriman is going to intercept it. And when he doesn't, Bolger's not the quickest, so he can't really keep up. And then um, we just saw of sync in defence and it was a calm pass by Hopper across the box and a cool finish by Scully. Um, Mark, from a Lincoln perspective, Quite a, a good goal
3: to score, at a good time, and especially with the cool finish. Yeah, I think they needed that at, at, at that kind of time, and I must say, once, once they got the first goal, I thought they'd probably go on and get the second as well. And Hopper did well to keep himself on side. And as I said earlier, I think a, a less experienced striker would have gone for goal himself, but he got his head up, kept his cool, and, and slotted in Scully. And it was, I think, it was more of a difficult finish than it looked actually, because the pitch is yeah. a bit wobbly and hard at the moment. Um, but is full of confidence at the moment, put his foot through it. And, and that, that's 10 goals for the season for him now. So they've, they've got goals coming from all over the place. McGrandalls, that was his first goal of the season. Um, and then, you know, is on to 10. And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's promising that they've got goals coming from all, all different kind of areas. Brendan, from a Northampton Northampton perspective, I know you keep an eye on the scoring. Who are our top
4: scorers? Because, you know, goals aren't flying in from all angles for Northampton, are they?
0: No, it's uh, it's Rose now in all comps. It's interesting that um, Warburton got I think one or two in all comps before he then got sent out on loan. Lines got one, and Smith had four I think in all comps. So we've we've sold or let go seven goals in the side, but when you've only scored twenty, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of you know it's it's and and Danny Rose yesterday was the twentieth. So. I know. It, I think everyone would have argued that you know those players probably need to go play somewhere else, or it, that you know those moves work for everyone. But it does when you look at it in those terms, it seems really odd. And then you know, t- two of those goals are from Corboa, um, that volley against Wimbledon, and then the, the little finish against Plymouth. And he he didn't look like he he could score if we played for a week yesterday. So if yeah, that that's the only thing I think you, you know going back to the point I made at the beginning of the chat. Really like felt really positive about yesterday, but. Um, you know, the chances weren't weren't as guilt edged as uh, you know, we didn't create much, and that's that's gonna be the problem for us from now until the end of the season and will be the difference between us staying up and 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 not is how many goals we can get. Um i I'm, we're always gonna to have to score if we have some defending, especially like the second goal. I have to say as well, like I really liked Harriman last season. I thought thought he was a really good sign in. I thought he was League One quality and he, he's just being found out time and time again. I thought you know, we've conceded a lot behind uh, when Mills has played. We, we, we give a lot of space and always get caught with him high up the pitch. That's where their chance where it got cleared off the line in the first half. That's where it came from, Mills being caught in the spacing behind him. And wh- that happens whether it's three at the back or four. But the second half, Harriman was, was was isolated a couple of times and just didn't get close enough to his man or didn't stop the cross. Or I'm yeah. not going to blame the second goal all on him because I think a lot of that has to come from Bolger and again that's his problem is communication for me communication and pace he gets caught out so many times not talking to Mitchell or Arnold or whoever it is and he has to tell Harriman there that there's someone coming across the line behind him and Harriman needs to be more aware and not you know just leave that for someone else anyway so we're going to have to score goals if we defend like that I don't think we're going to see too many clean sheets and um yeah it it makes the seven goals that are now out on loan or been sold a little bit more questionable doesn't it
4: <laughs> Yeah that's a really good point and I have got question marks over Harriman as well um it's quite strange that we lose Holmes and Adams when we're playing five at the back and then as soon as they go pretty much we move to a 4-3-3 which might actually suit them <laughs> yeah but it's a bit of a bit of a weird one you know I should I should think Adams was probably groaning a little bit about having to play wing back but as soon as he goes you know, there's a a four three three available and like a pincer role which would suit him beautifully, but you know that's football. That's Keith mm-hmm. Cole's fact, choice. Looking at, looking at the um the lineups yesterday, I was sort of looking at where our ex
1: players were lining up, and Adam yeah. Adam started at right back in a four three three. So maybe his days as a marauding winger are are behind him to some degree. His it's pace is just completely
0: gone, that. hasn't it? And I, I've said it before online and I think on the show, like you know he he the he should be considered right up there with legends at Cobbers it, with two promotions and what he's done and his personality and everything but he's it, just not, He he's known it for a couple of years, he's avoided this level because if he needs to fashion the yard to get his quality deliveries in, he can't do it, he needs he needs a league where he's given the space and time to put put a ball in and he just it wasn't getting it at League One so I don't really, yeah, it's it was one of those, like I didn't want him to go because I, I love him as a player but he's not good enough at this level. Um, he's, and about a few of our players. Yeah, well,
1: I think that one to move has worked out brilliantly for everybody. He needed to get back home to the to the northwest. Mm. It's a, a mid-table side in League Two, and he will look fantastic there.
0: Mm. But
1: if old and fashion a run and <laughs> go up, chances <laughs> are he'll be off to I don't know, you know, AFC Berry or someone that are on the, <laughs> on the rise again.
4: <laughs> I just play like devil's advocate with that one. I just I think that when you have that football brain. Sometimes, even even if you haven't got the pace, you can um, get yourself into good areas. And his, his ability to produce chances is you know superlative at a lower league level. And just to reinforce the point a little bit, is that despite a lot of huff, huffing and puffing and a weldy long log ranger by um, Sub-Hoskins, we only had two shots on target yesterday. So despite all the nice play and stuff, it's still fairly impotent at the top end of the pitch. Which leads me on, sort of conversely, to Danny Rose who produces this absolute worldy overhead kick, which, you know, is it goal of the season already for Northampton, would you say, um, James?
2: Is that even a debate? <laughs> 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 yes, is the short answer. And I don't think we're going to score enough for it to be beaten, frankly. Um, yeah, what a, what a performance. I mean, it's one of those where, you know, with 2-0 up, he's got nothing to lose, so he tries, tries it. It would be interesting yeah. to see whether... He would get an earful for having tried that when we were perhaps kind of uh, one only one nil down, um, and you know, and it, it goes wide, and he might get an earful from his from his teammates for not doing the sensible option. Um, but yeah, absolutely uh, brilliant connection. Uh, I thought he did really well when he came on. Actually, I, I know I I know I responded to the uh, the, the tweet uh, you did, Tom, asking for kind of you. Your cobblers 11s, and uh, yep. I went for Chuck Wimaker and Edmondson ahead, but I think, um, in it was a tough choice, and I think, in fairness, Rose did very mm. well when he came on. He is, like you say, a, a solid all rounder, and he's now our top scorer, so I think he's probably worked himself um, uh, a, a good chance of p- potentially starting uh, the, the next game because it was a very bright cameo and a very clean connection, uh, with the football, and we don't have too many players who can actually strike a ball that well he is one of them so yeah. that's going to stand him in, in in good stead hopefully but yeah absolutely goal of the season and one of the, one of the best goals in fairness that I've seen since the rookie Holmes days where he kind of he had a goal of the season contest for himself that year didn't he um but uh, yeah absolutely quality finish
4: I think um Rose has been studying Pele and escape to victory with that technique absolutely beautiful <laughs> technique um, but never say never. You never know that Sam Hoskins might do a Ricardo, you know, VRS run slalom through the defence and score for the take the goal of the season title off of Rose. But, you know, it's highly unlikely. Um, Martin, pleased with that goal, although it was one of those goals that are probably slightly forgotten about because of the result and the, the full time whistle. Just a great finish, wasn't it, Martin?
1: Oh, absolutely fabulous. You know, overhead, normally overhead kick or bicycle kick you have a certain image of it. And I think that doesn't do it justice, you know, to sort of volley like that from outside the area. Admittedly, the only defender that's got near him, is or always a midfielder track, tracking back. So he's, he's been left probably more space than Lincoln would have liked for it. But yeah, that was abs, absolutely brilliant. And only if and I remember in our and in our WhatsApp group, I, you know, unfortunately it's not in the highlights, but Hoskins had hit the post with the kind of flick it up and then chipped towards, you know, from miles out, Towards the far end. So while we, we didn't create a huge amount of chances, you know, the, the couple we did, you know, a couple that we did, well, one's a worldie, one's hit the post, uh, definite progress. And I'd, I'd say um, Rose's sort of flexibility of being able probably to play across the front three. And if Miller's going to be out for a week or two, he certainly played himself in. And to be fair, we're going to play a lot of Saturday, Tuesday, the rest of the season. So you do need to be able to rotate players to some degree. And the fact that one of them is starting to put the ball in the net and one looks, although it was a relatively quiet debut for Edmondson, I think having a target man who was more mobile than Smith, I think made when the ball went long, there was just, it, it seemed to be going long, but people going into those areas. I wonder if sometimes our front play was what made our long ball stuff look so terrible because they just seemed aimless. It, it might be they're going into when they go along the same areas now, except someone's chasing it, which, you know, looks a whole lot better sort of football. But yeah, I, I, I think wonderful yeah. moment.
4: I think you've been a bit kind there, Martin. <laughs> I still think a lot of the the long balls have been quite aimless, but you are right that um, maybe someone like Medane um, Oliver's uh, also intuition to get on the end of the balls has yeah. been missing this, this season. I, I've said and me and myself and um, James are big fans of Chuck Wameka and I still think that he needs to be playing a lot more and considering we're trying to keep him and sign him on for pro contract he's still not featuring enough for me um, so let's go to you Brendan on the, the overhead kick from Danny Rose you know yeah. I, I, I bet that got you sort of out of your seat at home watching it on TV
0: <laughs> yeah I, I I think it's probably one of the best cobbler's goals I've ever seen it was it was obscene and and it made that it made the second goal that we conceded even more annoying because it shows like I said if we if we're going to concede goals we have to score but if we could have kept it at 1-0 or even 0-0 you know but you keep it close keep yourself in it it only takes what's that famous saying it only takes a second to score a goal so it you know it it just made it that that second goal so much more frustrating because I was like, "That's so basic. That's communication, and, and 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 not, you know, looking around you, and 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 then it would have taken someone like that, and we could have been walking away from Central Bank with a point, you know, um, or even say the Hoskins one had, had found the other side of the post." So, yeah, I was quite, I was really happy for like thirty seconds, and then I just had this like pang of pain, <laughs> like why, you know, <laughs> why is that not, you know, why have we not just kept ourselves in it and allowed that and. And to everyone else's point, I think yeah, Rose Rose is the top scorer now, and and he's ne- I, I can't remember many games. The thing I like about him it reminds me of um, you know Vadan and Morton last season is he can have a game where attacking he isn't you know threatening or or doing anything, but you always know you're going to get a shift out of him. He works yeah. back really really well if we do need to play him wide. So um, in, in across the front three like we did yesterday. So I think for me he has to he has to start playing now and has to be given a run and you can't say that about uh, I haven't seen enough of Edmondson I thought he won his headers and his his work rate was really good yesterday you can't say that about Smith if he wasn't producing going forward it was like playing with ten men and and again mm-hmm. I I really agree with Martin I think we play the football we're playing this season isn't any different to last season but we were just better at it because we had the Oliver and Callum Morton and Harry Smith when he's been asked to do that this season. Said it time and again online in the forums on this show everything he plays himself out of games his head goes down he moans he throws his hands in the air he lies on the floor he's, he's looking around at everybody else but himself and and it's so frustrating because his 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 confidence in his work rate just wasn't there and he's clearly got some ability and what I did like about Edmondson and then Rose when he came on yesterday. Was you know if they, whether they won the header or not, they were straight up off off the floor, running after it, bringing people in, and and if you play long ball and play that way in the curl, you have to do those things, um, and and I think it, the games where we're inevitably going to do that, if we have someone like Rose or potentially Edmondson up top together, we'll get a lot more out of it than just what looks like aimlessly shipping it to Smith because it was so easy to defend and so easy to just take the ball down, give it to the other centre-back and recycle and then they're coming back at us. And I think that's what everyone was so upset about. Even the stuff that we didn't win yesterday, it was sticking in their final third and we were chasing after it and almost like rugby playing a territory game rather than possession, but it it was working and and it worked last season. So that was that was the one encouraging sign going forward, I think.
4: I think in fairness to Smith though, if you look, look at the stats, I don't know I bore everyone with the stats, but um, Cobblers are the second lowest this season um, number of crosses into the box. So the delivery really hasn't been there for Smith. And funnily enough, I noticed straight away that Miller was putting in quite a few crosses that Smith would have, might have gotten the end of. So you need the deliveries and it's, it's all very well lumping it up to Smith, but that, all, all he's going to be able to do is on, on that is knock it down and hold up play. He Smith needs chances and he needs crosses. And that hasn't been there for the, the season. And it, it's actually improved since Miller was thrown in. But like we say, with Rose's goal, brilliant overhead kick and just a, like, probably sums the whole game up. A bit of a bittersweet um, end into it because you know it, it should have been graced a higher level, that goal. Um, let's move on to some man of the matches for this game. Uh, we'll start off with um, you, Mark. I think you've mentioned already, but who was your man of the match from a Lincoln perspective?
3: I went for Teo Eden, the left-back. But yeah. well, he could have gone to either yeah. of the left-backs, really. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would uh, he'd be my man of the match. And was there any Northampton players that stood out for you? Well, I always like quite like Hoskins uh, whenever I've seen him. Um, I thought he had a decent game, Morris in midfield. And um, I was pleasantly surprised with Bolger, really. I thought he might have... Uh, really struggled against the pace of Lincoln, but I, I thought he made some you know really important blocks and you know sort of helped keep the score down a little bit at times. Um I wasn't really surprised that he was moved on from Lincoln because after wants his centre backs to bring the ball into midfield and that's certainly not Bolger's game. But I, I thought he did okay. He's a good solid defender. Um so yeah they would be the ones that, that stood out for me.
4: Okay. That makes sense. Um I can sort of throw it to the group now the from the Northampton side, I, I get a feeling it's going to have a bit of a local perspective for a certain guy from Kings Heath. Um, James, who was <laughs> your man of the match for Cobblers?
2: Yeah, McWilliams uh, again. I mean, uh, in fairness, uh, I think a lot of people put in good performances without being spectacular, but uh, McWilliams is just on such a run, good run of form at the moment and we just look a much better side with him in. Uh, we're finally winning kind of midfield battles, which we just weren't doing when he wasn't in the side. And I thought him and Morris complemented each other really well. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with McWilliams. He is uh, he's just so good at breaking up play and then just playing a nice, simple ball, which I think before he was lacking that kind of second aspect to his his game of keeping it simple once he got once he won possession. But he's really improved on that side of things in in recent games, I think. And he's looking like the player uh, that, you know, was was starting to you know shine a couple of seasons ago he's had a lot of injuries obviously and that's going to hamper his progress but he looks like he's starting to to get back to the level that we we all think he can play at um so yeah he's a really exciting prospect for us um and yeah i, I thought again yesterday he was he was the best of the bunch
4: yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it goes back to the Jimmy F- Floyd Hasselbank days when he started really to shine and we, we thought he had a really special player on our hands. He's had injury problems but just an athletic mobile, quite a nasty centre midfielder when he needs to be. He loves tackling. His shirt was absolutely filthy yesterday, completely covered in mud and I just thought that was a sign for a centre midfielder. He loves to tackle and I think he said that in the press so um, yeah. we As Cobblers fans, these are the players we like to see. Uh, let's go to you, uh, Martin. Who's your man of the match? Is it the same?
1: Uh, well, I'd probably go with the other the other side of the same two players. Much of my heart would always say McWilliams, he's a local lad. I thought okay.
4: Morris was the
1: one who added something. I think at the back, um, so I would say um, yeah, Morris for me. But I wouldn't disagree with McWilliams at all, and I would probably have thought. But for the injury, we'd probably be saying Miller. <laughs>
4: Yeah, they were, They got quite a few votes on our on the match poll. Our the match poll returned McWilliams 60%. Um, Morris was 26.8%. Miller was only 5%, but that was mainly because he got injured. Um, we haven't really talked about that much. Really sad thing. He pulled up with his hamstring, which could, you know, on the, on the look of it, suggest he might be out for a couple of games maybe, but um, we'll see on that one. Um, Brendan, you're a fan of McWilliams, aren't you?
0: Yeah, big, big fan. I think, Man of the match in a cobbler shirt yesterday was a toss-up between him and Morris. Like I said, they complemented each other really well. Williams, slightly more mobile, got about and, and put a tackle in. And Morris stayed a little bit more on his feet and and three or four times just stepped in really smartly and, and made an interception. Um, so I, I'd let anyone take their pick there. But I, I really liked... Um, uh, I, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but Eden, Aden for the the fullback for Lincoln. I thought he, yeah. you know, we like, we said, Corboa was kept quiet all game. Hoskins was, was a non-factor most of the game. And um, so defensively dealt with, with what we tried to do wide. Um, I think he got the assist for the, for the first goal with the ball in. That I thought, you know, they overloaded the, the, the wing really well when he got in and put a really smart ball in. Um, so I, I really liked him. Um, but yeah, in, in a this share, I, I think you've got to pick one of those two from the midfield. There's um, with much, much better performance in the middle than than we've seen recently.
4: Yeah, that's a good point on the Lincoln players as well, actually. Um, James Seals tweeted us um, about his Lincoln players that stood out for him, and he said the fullbacks Timothy, Ioma and Adetayo Eden. they look accomplished in their roles with potential. I'd agree with that one, um, but as we all sort of talked about, I th- you know, personally, I would go with McWilliams. I just think he's a brilliant prospect and one will do well to keep hold of. Probably pushing up his valuation every time he plays now, I think, and there'll be scouts after him. Um, Let's finish up now. we have been talking for quite a while and it's been really interesting as always. Let's have, let Mark have a little word on Lincoln. Are you still, you know, confident that Lincoln can keep it going? Obviously, it's only one game past, but are you still sort of confident that Lincoln uh, got maybe playoffs about him? maybe potentially um, promotion
3: automatic? Yeah, I, I think I think they'll be in the playoffs. Um, I think they can challenge the top two. It's going to be tough in, you know, in the face of competition for likes of Pompey and, and Doncaster and Hull. Um, but, I mean, the squad is a little bit light in terms of numbers. They are hoping to make a couple of additions before the end of the window. But while it's not the biggest squad, they have got quality cover in nearly every position. I mean, it's a pretty strong bench week in, week out. They haven't got anyone just filling up spaces. So um and whatever hurdle that's been put in front of them this season that they've they've overcome they can win in different ways. Um so if they can avoid too many injuries, too many covid issues, there's no reason why they can't stay up there. I t- I tend to agree with that and I
4: think it goes back to a point made earlier on in terms of the team spirit and the unity of the Lincoln side which will stand them in very good stead. Um from an offhamton end James we've got Tuesday, Saturday games coming up now, huge ones, I would say, maybe slightly even more important than the Lincoln game. Fleetwood on Tuesday and then Wigan on Saturday. How many points do you expect Cobblers to get out of those two games, James?
2: (laughs) Expect. (laughs) Hope stroke stroke, expectation. (laughs) Um, It's difficult to say because I think if Miller, if the Miller Twinge isn't uh yeah if it's only just a twinge or something, it's precautionary and he's back. Um I I think we could get, you know, you know, get four four to six. But I think if he's not playing, uh, you know, it's weird to say it's about a new signing, you only played thirty. Say, it's that like half an hour showing and we're putting the season on him already. Yeah, but but he, <laughs> he, he, he was the, he was the player that we don't have. Yeah. And, uh, we saw, you know, when he came off that it, it just didn't click in the same way. So I think he's going to be quite dependent on what I think we need to get a minimum of three out of it if we want to if we want to, you know, put put some relegation fears to, to rest. I'd like to think we can get four to six, um, but we need a minimum of three, I think
4: that the problem with the relegation zone, it's always been the same is that once you start getting sucked into it, you just, you get, you maybe get one win and then you get sucked back down if you lose straight away. Mm. So really got to put something in these next two games, Martin, maybe let's not talk about expectations. Let's talk about, you know, what you'd be happy with in terms of points, the next two games. Um, Very much where James is there. Minimum
1: Mm. got to win one. I mean, if we play well and draw both, that's not a total disaster. But I think minimum we've got to win one of them and not look terrible in the other. I'd say four points would be my expectation. I thought I'd, you know I'd really think they were so much better yesterday than they have been. Um, so you're playing a team in terrible form and you're playing a team that are really poor. Um, you've yeah, you've got to do some damage there. so I'm gonna say four points. I'm more even happier if it turns out that Miller isn't so serious and maybe he's back for Saturday. Then good stuff because I think he did look like he added something, and I do think Edmondson's going to come good as well because I just thought his movement early on mm. that was a big part of why I think we looked better. Um, so yeah, very. Um, I'm feeling after what I saw yesterday, I'm feeling very confident against sort of poorer sides. We're gonna we're gonna make hay if we can carry that
4: on. Sure, Brendan. Let's change it slightly up for you. Who do you reckon we're most likely to win if we are going to win at all against either of these uh, Fleetwood or Wigan?
0: The the way that Cobbers work uh, and the way I see it is Fleetwood, uh, like I said, one win in twelve, really poor form. New manager, we'll probably go get something out of that. But we kind of Wigan is the must win because it's a six pointer because they're down there with us, and and it's not just the points you're picking up; it's you're giving points to a team in and around you down the bottom. So, what yep. the Sod's Law is that we'll probably go and play really well against Lincoln. At Lincoln Fleetwood, who, who are a top half side, even if they are out of form, they've got the players, and then we'll go and get the three points straight back to Wigan on, on on Saturday. So my my um, you know, I think we have to be targeting four, but it's really important that the three is against Wigan, you know, and and um, whatever happens, that is the one we can't lose. So. I'll I'll be gutted if we lose against Fleetwood, same as any game, but you just can't lose against Wigan. You can't, at this point in the season now, it's getting into business and there's a lot of games coming thick and fast. You can't go and give three points to another team in and around you down the bottom. Um, just It just can't be done. So, uh, and they'll be looking at us and thinking they're a poor side as well because we're, what, a point away from them in the table or level on points. I haven't got it in front of me, but so that one you can't lose it. Fleetwood, go go and take some of this, you know, Newfound confidence and the best player in League One in Michael Miller, hopefully, um and and do what we can, but don't lose Saturday.
4: Yeah, that's a very good point. I think ultimately, I really want to see us continue with this intent from the Lincoln game, the comfort on the ball which improved, and just a positivity about trying to influence the game in your own in your own way and trying to win win a game rather than just sitting back, which we sort of started to do in the second half, and i really hope that didn't creep into the Next two games because that could be quite a difficult position to put us in. Um, going to wrap up now, but thanks a lot to Mark for joining us, and um, all the best for the rest of the season for Lincoln. Surely they're going to have a very good season, and um, everyone else, take care, and we'll speak again soon. Thanks a lot. Cheers, cheers all. Good luck. Good luck. Rest of the season. Cheers, thanks, guys. Mark. Cheers. See, ya,
2: See bye. you, bye, Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.